Hello and welcome to another episode of Drop the Ball. We did the first version of our Royals season preview for 2024 last week. We are now back, or rather they would be this week. We are now back with the second version of this, but we are going to talk some Chiefs because uh, there's been some contract info that's come some out. stuff has happened. And also, um, uh, they're doing something at the Arrowhead Stadium, which... Jackson has his own opinions about, but well, I got some, I got some opinions. Yeah, buddy. we'll, uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll get into that, but let's, let's first, shall we, uh, go over the pitchers that the Kansas City Royals, Kansas City Royals, that's what we're talking about, and uh, their improved off season, they literally improved the bullpen so, so much with, uh, with Will Smith and Chris Stratton and John Schreiber. We also drafted Matt Sauer in the uh, in the Rule 5 draft as well, and he's probably going to be a part of that. One thing that has changed since the recording of last week's episode, though, is that Carlos Hernandez has been shut down yep. to start the season. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how that's going to work, but uh, yeah, I think that it it kind of opens up a door for someone like Sauer or someone else to make a, yeah. make a statement in spring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he hasn't really done it yet but i'd be interested to see what kind of mason barnett does the rest of the spring he's I, been pretty bad i don't think yeah he hasn't looked great to start um and i don't think he'll start the season up but if it comes out that hernandez needs to be gone for the whole season or in even a more extended period of time i can mm. see barnett being kind of pushed up through um through the through the minors to get a couple bullpen appearances, mm-hmm. I think Mason Barnett has starting potential. So I don't know how much yeah, time in the bullpen they're going to let him start at Double A. I think, but first. I think they'd rather him stay yeah, at Double or Triple A to get some 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 more starts underneath his belt. But it'll be interesting to see what they do. Sauer yeah. probably looks to be the most likely case, and I think just because they got to have him up, have to have him. Yeah, they got to have they have to have him up anyways with Rule Five rules, and he doesn't look half bad. So um, yeah, he's literally. He's been out there for three innings and hasn't allowed a run yet. And yesterday uh, in the spring training action, uh, it was the first time he had to actually work out of some issues, and he did. Yep. So, I mean, good for him. Who knows what that w- will that will happen. Uh, I'm not trying to plug my own article, but I totally wrote an article for Farm to Fountains about Matt Sauer and about how he shouldn't necessarily be given up on as a, as a starter. And I know that you you have seen that, – not that article, but you've seen him as a as a starter and because that's what he, what he's done. And you kind of agree with me. It's like, you know what? He doesn't really have a spot as a starter right now. But I don't think it's something to completely sh- shut the door on. No, I, I I wouldn't expect him to probably be a starter for us just because. At least in 2024. Maybe a spot he's, start. Yeah, he's, a spot he's, starter too or he's something. He's new to the, to the club. And there's a lot of young guys that I think they really want to still sift through to see. Um, like from the old regime that I think they want to see if there is anything, you know, for them to value there. Right? Um. Like as soon as I mean Daniel Lynch is gonna take that fu- that fifth spot until he de- proves that he can't do yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah, Bubich sure. when he comes back is gonna have that fifth spot until he proves he can't do it. And even even then you've got you know a couple guys below Sauer and AAA that probably look to maybe get a couple starts this year. Um, later on, if um, if it comes out, I mean if if before the Royals you know fully can figure out what to, what to do with those guys. E- yeah, that and being said, yeah, sorry, there's nothing. No, you're totally there's right. nothing about Sauer. That tells me he can't maybe start down the road, um, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't look at him getting early bullpen innings this year 
as a indictment on the future of his, his future role with the team. Yeah, I think and he very well could still be a starter if he plays the whole season this year as a bullpen piece. And I think he could. T- he's totally a long reliever too. He's not like he's about. Right, it's not yeah. like he's about to come out and be like, oh, come out in eighth inning when it's like down yeah, by one with bases in, loaded. Put yeah. him in the fourth after yeah. a big, you know, after a big mess up or yeah. we're blowing up somebody. Yeah. So like, I think that. If you use him correctly, yeah, you could totally still use a starter potential. And like literally what they've done, and we said this last week, the problem that we had is like, hey, if you say that it's an that it is evaluation season and they do nothing about it, what the hell? Like that's fucking right. stupid. Yeah. But yeah. now the Royals actually proved that that was actually what they were doing is seeing what they have and then gonna go from there. They I think they made strides. Yeah, they made yeah. strides. So and because of that, they made a bunch of bullpen moves. Yep. I mean, literally. There's four, five, six guys even maybe that I'd put in I'd put in positions before I put Matt Sauer in there. You know what I well, mean? Well, and, so, and of all I of think, them, yeah. like of all of those guys, all but like one are probably new to the team this year. Yeah. So, um, not, or, I guess, or in the last couple of years because James MacArthur is probably one of the better arms that we got in the bullpen, and he came up last year, and we traded we traded for him last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and I like the only guy that I can name off the top of my head that I think looks to get a significant amount of innings. Um, out of the pen that was with us last year is probably Jake Brents. Uh, and the only reason I yeah. say he looks to get a significant amount of innings is because he looked great before he got injured, and he's also one of the few lefties we have. Um, so, I like, he's going to get a decent amount of usage anytime we need a lefty in a situation before, like, the eighth inning because they're not going to want to bring Will Smith out in the fifth, right? So, yeah, um, it'll I, be interesting to see yeah. exactly how that breaks down of innings works but a lot of a lot of those innings look to come from new arms yeah exactly i like and of course taking the stress off the young guys making sure that they don't have to go out in the eighth inning yeah let's Steven Cruz go out in a fucking blowout in the seventh instead of instead of use them yeah (laughs) yeah instead of blowing the game in the eighth because they're like hey i think you can do this we're out of arms so go ahead to (laughs) yeah Yeah. um so yeah we talked we talked about the bullpen i I think we should touch on this just a tiny bit that the Royals were looking to trade for a closer at some point, And it came out that they just didn't end up doing that. Apparently they were talking to Devin Williams, which is literally the best closer in the league. I don't know how, but it's, it was, that was somehow connected. But I think that the Royals have a lot of more problems to deal with before they figure out and like, be like, we, right. we have this closer and sure you can make a case that like Scott Barlow was the only thing on the Royals team that was any good. And he was the closer. Yeah. But so it's really nice to know that you're fucking going to just win games. Like when the guy comes yeah. in, but if you're building a team and you're still learning how to win, cause I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. That's what the, that's what the Royals are doing. Like yeah, the Royals yeah. are still learning how to, to win. be a winning, a consistently winning ball club. Yeah. Like exactly. this is their first step with the new ownership, new GM and to trying to consistently compete with a small market team. Yeah, and it thankfully it looks like they're willing to experiment and be wrong, whereas the old administration clearly was afraid to be wrong. Yeah, that's why we got Carlos Santana signings. That's why we got a four-year extension of Hunter Dozier after one year of production. Yeah, like, and I liked yeah. that Hunter Dozier extension. I thought it was a, a at smart the time, signing at the time. Yeah, but they also were so afraid to be wrong that they cut him a year and a half too late. Um, that being said, back to the pitching, uh, the, the closing situation is interesting. My thought process is that they see all the arms that they traded for or picked up in the free agent uh, market, and they think there's something there. I don't know if that's true, but I got to think that in their heads, 
I mean, you go out and get Chris Stratton. You go out and get Will Smith, who has closed before. You go out and get John Schreiber. You go out and get um, uh, Chris Stratton. No, I said Chris Stratton. There's one more, though. That I was Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson, yeah. Like, of those, like, four or five guys that you all got new to the team this year, there's probably someone that can come in, the, like, come in, in the ninth and be your guy. Nick Anderson. Dead serious? Like, Nick Anderson is really the dude, right. in my opinion. Right. I mean, because if you were to look... If, and I think that that's probably well there where they will uh, lean as well, because if he's any good, they'll trade him at the deadline. Right, like they yeah. will. Yeah. And I know that sounds terrible because they're trying to, they're still trying to be good, you know. But we'll, we'll see. He has that well, closing experience with the yeah. Rays with yeah. with Matt Couture being there. So I really right. do think that they're that they're going to rely on that a lot more. I also think that if they were really as in trouble with the closer as of people are concerned they are, um, then they probably would have pushed for, like, Kenley Jansen from the Red Sox a yeah. little more. Like, they traded for a bullpen piece from the Red Sox, and it wasn't Kenley Jansen. Yeah. And I didn't hear anything about his name popping up. And I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that he would have been, like, the best option for them. I mean, he's, he's older. He's probably we, not going to want to go to a he, team. He's kind like of fallen off the yeah. last couple of years. He's been great still. He still does yeah. his job well. But he hasn't been, you know... Dodgers, top, Kenley Jansen. Yeah, top yeah. five closer in the league, Kenley Jansen. So, like, I mean, I I don't know if they're really as concerned about it as people make it seem they are. Yeah. Like, they checked in on the market for sure because they realized that they didn't have a guy that was, like, established in that role, like, for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I, they clearly don't seem super freaked out about it. Yeah. You know, I... I I heard like one report that they were looking at closers, well, and that was it. Well, it was Ken. Well, and it was Ken Rosenthal, right? That, yeah, that's the reason. He's a legit source. Yeah. He's literally the source. But like, I didn't everything. see any yeah. Kansas City sources like in the come the week yeah. after that going like, well, they've checked in with this guy or they probably, checked in with this well, guy. Or they really it's wanted probably it. it's probably because. Well, here's the thing. I'm sure if it was Devin Williams that the Royals went and asked about, I'm sure that they were like, "Hey, Devin Williams," and the Brewers went. <laughs> And hung and up the phone. And that's why, that's why like, Trevor Rosenthal, or not Trevor, Ken, Ken Rosenthal. Rosenthal even heard about it because it was the best closer on the market. Yeah. Like, the Royals were just like, let's just fucking see, see. Like, what they would ask right. for. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, I I doubt it was, like, the Royals calling the Brewers and being like, we need, need somebody him. bad. Yeah. Give us the best closer on the market. You know, like, they wouldn't be calling up the best closer on the market if they needed the needed one really bad. They'd yeah, be exactly. calling up the 10th because they needed one bad, you know. Yeah, and I think that they... I think that it could have been, and potentially we could see this as a as a stepping stone for the organization because I think it's really easy to just throw money at right, that yeah. or like throw yeah. prospects at that. And they did sure, with Ian Kennedy. yeah, and I think that it's really easy to to do that. But the Royals were like, "No, let's go ahead and get this guy who's got three years of control. Right. So if he's good, yeah, we can keep him and all that." Now you did give up a pretty decent arm for him, but at the end of the day. Like they've been, a, there's been a lot of people bitching about this, and we've talked about yeah, this. But David yeah. Sandlin from the was traded to the Red Sox for John Schreiber. Yeah, and here's the thing: you can't be mad at them. He's a he's he's got a high ceiling, but he's also going to be 24 this year, and he's still in high A. Like I yeah, like odds are he's like not he has a up. bad he has a bad year this year. Yeah, and he's probably done. Exactly, maybe not done. Not done, but, like, but he's like he's a he's a bullpen. They got to start looking he's at a bullpen, bullpen piece. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I, I like I think he's got potential, and I think he's great, and I think his stuff is good. But when it's all said and done, he's old enough and low enough in the system mm-hmm. that you may only get a, you may only get like three years out of him anyways by the time he comes up. 
just because that's all he's got left of yeah. good bullpen action in him. And you know? and it's possible, like, hey, say say John Schreiber's really fucking good. Then you're able to trade him and maybe get For two prospects better, out yeah. of him. You can get two David Sandlins out yeah. of him. Yeah, you know? like, or maybe shit. get maybe get something else like that. You know, like and who knows? Like he could be dog shit, but we have we have shown, or they have shown at least, that uh they have shown that they are willing to be transactional now. Right, and you know right. what? It's proven to help them so far, knock on wood. James yeah. MacArthur we were like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, uh, well, you're trading away some 18-year-old that could potentially be something. And then James MacArthur comes up and has a great September and goes 11 innings scoreless. And yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah. not... Here's the thing. He could be dog shit the rest of his career. Like, it's possible. But, you know, you got to be transactional in the league to be successful. The Rays have shown that that mm-hmm. is a thing. Mm-hmm. The uh, The Astros have shown that that's a thing. So, you know... If you want to play with the big dogs, you got to play their game, right, and yeah. that's what the Royals are doing. So I'm, you I'm happy to, you're able to do that. If you're a small market team, you have to try to go out there and fleece a big market team every time you trade. You you are looking for a trade. Yeah, that I mean that has to be your mindset. You're not going to go out and outplay the big dogs that already have the money to go out and buy free agents. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. you're not going to go to the Yankees and put the pressure on them to trade you. Fucking what's that big dude's name? The Martian. Um, Jason Dominguez. Oh yeah, you know, like you're not gonna go put the pressure on the Yankees to trade you Jason Dominguez because you've got Jose Quas. You yeah, know, like that's yeah, not sure. gonna happen. You know, you go to the Cubs with Jose Quas and you go, hey, this dude that you are undervaluing, we're gonna fleece him off your fucking hands. Y- you hey, have Rangers, a bunch of outfielders. Hey Rangers, yeah. you need a closer bad. Okay, give us this guy with crazy good stuff that you're not giving a chance to start, and we'll fleece you for him too. Yeah, you know, like that's you have to be looking. You have to go into every interaction, any tra- any transaction you make, understanding that you're smarter than them. That has to be the mindset, a hundred percent all the yeah. time. And you know, <sighs> who's to say? And who knows what Cole Reagans can be? I I think that Cole Reagans definitely was. Uh, if to be completely honest with you, I think that Cole Reagan's there was a lot more to the tank that the Rangers didn't see. Yeah. But yeah. I do think that that's props to the Royals being like, there's a dude that's here that nobody's fucking using. He might have had two Tommy Johns, so it might be easier to get him. Like, let's see what we can do. Right. Um, but speaking of the starters, we can transition to that. Um, which Cole Reagan's, of course, he's probably your number two. And that's probably how I would want Cole Reagans to be. I, I mean, he can be the one. But, um, yeah, we talked enough about the bullpen, yeah? We talked about, about the bullpen, bullpen. yeah. So, uh, starters. We go to we go to Cole Reagans. He's probably your two. Yeah. Pretty good lefty. Yeah. Um, there has been a lot of people, not a lot of people, there's been a, a couple people that have really uh, honed Cole Reagans as a dark horse Cy Young candidate too i yeah i personally i think we're looking at a fall off year this year i don't think that means he can't bounce back pretty quickly but i i mean he finished with a what a two point something era last year like 2.5 with like i i've been sure to guess he'll end up somewhere between three and 3.5 this year yeah if we're being realistic with ourselves and if he's a a chance he finishes on the farther side of 3.5 if he makes 20 25 or 20 to 30 starts, and he's got a three-point something. Oh, right. You're right. Congratulations. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Come back. You're like, ace. <laughs> You're ace next year. Great. Yeah. No, yeah. I I, I, I think best-case scenario for him is probably somewhere under three. I think realistically there's a really solid chance he ends up 
on the outside looking in of 3.5. You know, like I could see him somewhere between 3.8. And even still, that's a win, I think, especially for a, a half year of Araldis Trapman. Like, shit. Yeah. I mean, 3.8 is a two-starter on a lot of teams, a three-starter on the super competitive ones. So um, I think Reagan's, Reagan's is a guy that I'll be watching for sure this year, but I'm not going to go full meltdown mode if he's not pitching a 2.5 ERA and on pace for 200 strikeouts, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Uh, once again, we like we said, Cole Reagan's kind of in the air, second year. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's go to a more like solidified option, Michael Waka. We kind of know what we're getting out of Michael Waka. If you want, I actually saw the saw the math. Somebody did the math and said, okay, guys, if you do every five starts from today, which was Michael Waka's last start, which was a day ago, he will pitch opening day. I don't know. Do with that information what you will. So, Personally, I think he's the best knows? pitcher on your roster right now. I, I, I think he is I too. think he should be your opening day pitcher strictly because he has a longer history of starting. Yeah. He's probably a bigger name starting pitcher than Seth Lugo, who's your yeah, probably your is. only other option for opening day, if we're being honest. Reagan's, um, dude. Reagan's Reagan's is gonna will be the one at some point. I think, I think in, yeah, this, but I like you it part of its optics, you know, like you don't go out and spend on two veteran pitchers that are coming from the best rotation in baseball by yeah. ERA last year mm-hmm. um, and not start one of them on opening day. Um, you also have a Michael Waka who maybe has never had a season where he put up what Reagan did last year, but he's pitched full seasons, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. um, I genuinely, I think, I think if you're the Royals and you really want to get people showing up to your first three games, you go Waka Reagan's Lugo. Yeah, Walker um, Reagan's Walker Reagan's Lugo, and then you got Singer four. Yeah, and and here's the thing: then you have yourself set up for Reagan two for, years ago. If you told me Singer, Brady Singer's your four, and it's because he it's 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 not because he, they added pieces. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not because he sucks that bad. I'd be all in. Yeah, exactly. Now he hasn't been great, but yeah, and uh, like we'll get to Singer in a second. But yeah. I think that I think that it's it's really important for somebody like Singer who, I mean. His stuff as a four starter is crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, like you just said. Oh, yeah. So I mean, Michael Walker. You look at you look at this, and personally, this is my opinion of Michael Walker. At least for the twenty twenty four season, you look at the twenty at his twenty twenty three season, and he might have. You could make a case it was the best year of his career. Yeah, he kind of looked like he was kind of really figuring it out. I think part so, of part of that argument comes from the fact that he doubled down on what he did the year before, which yeah. he has never really managed to do in his career. Yeah, and so point. I personally really think that this signing is going to be one of the biggest signings for the Royals in their history. Waka? I do think that Michael Waka is not necessarily going to be like amazing, but I think it's going to be one of the best prove-it deals. I like, think, go, yeah. Go down as like one of the better prove-it deals that happened. This seems like a pretty ideal kind of situation for the Royals because mm-hmm. – um, you come in, you you put an option on Waka, uh, because you, there's the off chance that he pitches below what he has the last two years, which was like a three point two five, which was great, and he takes that uh, that extension, that one year extension, because he knows that no one's going to give him the money that he thinks he deserves. So you get an extra year of Michael Waka, um, or. Michael Walker comes out and pitches like a damn ace, and you do one of two things. You trade him to someone for a lot of fucking value in a prospect, money, whatever, mm-hmm. or you keep him for the full year and you're competitive. You know, like this is 
there's this is a pretty win-win situation for the Royals. Like worse at the very worst, you have a Michael Walker that's probably going to pitch like a three starter for you for two mm. years, or or like this is also the from a team perspective probably the worst case scenario. Michael Walker's really good, and your team's not, and good. you trade him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, you're getting value out of him. Yeah, like I mean, very realistically, Michael Walker could end up looking like a Jordan Lyles deal, but he's going to pitch ten times better than Jordan Lyles. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I wouldn't even compare the two names. I know contract, but yeah, I, I get it. I mean, Waka's, you're paying, I mean, you, you are paying Waka six million more a year, but it should probably be more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But Michael Waka, I really think is a really solid option. I just, he's going to be the one that nobody's really going to talk about, or he's going to like really set the change for the Royals. I could see him being like a James Shields type, being like, cool. Yeah. Not really there for like when they're as they're at their peak, yeah. But they're at their building block stage to really, really put it into the young guys that this is what we're doing. This is how you win. This yeah. is how you do this. Yeah. And I think that's very important, especially with young guys like like Matt Sauer, or like Jonathan Bolin, or like any guy, any of the guys that are starters in the minor leagues. Yeah, like Mason Barnett or something. Or like, like Singer, in, even in Singer too, who still seems to kind of miss some of that kind of killer mentality that he needs. Yeah, because when times get tough. Yeah, when times get tough, that that's been Singer's whole thing. Whenever ba- nobody's on base, Singer has been yeah, perfect. But it's when you're navigating when people are on base. Dude, he gives up one walk, or I, that dude's got to be got to lead the league and almost getting hit by a fucking line drive. Because goddamn, I feel like <laughs> I feel like once every three starts, he's got to duck out of the way of a line drive and then he walks three straight dudes, like like without fail. So I mean, I, yeah, I. I don't know what they got to do to to get Singer back into kind of a groove. He looked great for the first like ten starts of his career, and after that, the kind of sixth inning, fifth inning, sixth inning kind of curse started coming around. So, Dang, yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, that'll be something that they can figure out this year when he's not kind of expected to be this first, second, third best pitcher on the team. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Then let's go into Seth Lugo, which is honestly the if you want to if you want to put a name on it, he's probably the heart of the staff. Only yeah. because he's gonna be here for two he's years. He's got the long term deal, and he's a veteran. He's thirty three, yeah. thirty four. He's thirty four. Yeah. So yeah, and and so whenever he signed this deal, we weren't recording, so like this is kind of our time to really talk about what we thought at the time. Right. And at the time, I think. I was like, yuck. Like, but I had also been like, yeah. I, Seth Lugo is a Royals, is a Royal. Yeah. Like, yeah. he is a Royal through and through. It seems like somebody the Royals would go after. It seems like somebody the Royals would overpay. And I was saying that for a long time. And you right. even, and you had even been a part of that. And so I'm not necessarily surprised. I was just like, he's going to be your yeah. thing you're going to spend money on. The only thing I don't like about it yeah. is that he's only been a starter for a year. He's 34 and he only has one year of starting under his belt. That a, being full, said, it, a full year of starting. Yeah. Under that his being belt. said, though, it was a good year. It was a great year. It was a good year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like fully worth the money I think we're paying him. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how much of that is maintainable, but he's he's a guy that has pitched in two big markets now in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pitched in some postseason games. Yeah. He. Has pitched in. He's coming from another hitter's park, so it's not like he's used to pitching in, you know, make or break situations where you're you just gonna have to accept that you're gonna give up home runs. You know, like he's yeah. he he is going to be able to come into Kaufman 
and and use the same approach that he used in Petco Field, you know. Petco Park, yeah. Or Petco Park, yeah. And he's and he's going to be able to impart some wisdom from playing in bigger markets, playing on a bigger stage. He's played in New York too. Two younger guys. Yeah. yeah. Um and also Seth Lugo, I kind of see him as a Jeremy Guthrie type. Yeah, oh yeah. Not necessarily going to blow you away and be like amazing, but he will fucking shell Every out third for you. start, you're going to get to like, the sixth inning and yeah. realize that there's only one hit and you're like, wait, what is it? What's hold up? Yeah, exactly. And I think that like he'll catch Matt, he'll catch, uh, he'll catch lightning in a bottle a couple times. Yeah. And yeah. I think that he can be really good, but like personally, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished the year like seven and nine with like a three, eight or something yeah, or like yeah. a four. Like I wouldn't be surprised. And I won't be upset about like it. That I, like I think, I think he'll that that puts him. I mean, that puts him com- comfortably in the middle of your rotation. three or four. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, and he's still going to be probably one of the most consistent pitchers you got. Mm-hmm. Like, my issue is that the most consistent pitcher we had last year was Jordan Lyles, and it wasn't the consistency we want wanted. to see on the field. Yeah, you know? Exactly. If the consistency, if the consistent kind of like benchmark guy is pitching like a three eight, mm-hmm. and he's still getting strikeouts, he's keeping you in games. I'm there for it. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. even okay that we have to overpay him a tiny bit to be here for three years. Yeah, so. and that's yeah. The overpay is really the thing for me is because I'm I'm like if you were gonna pay that money, spend it on Marcus Stroman or spend it on somebody else. But it's okay. I really do think that it is it's somebody that the Royals needed. They needed somebody who was not necessarily solidified because, like you said, is only it's going into his second full year as a starter at 34, but he knows. Like you said, he's been there. He's been around it. They need people like that. There's a reason why the Royals went out and fucking signed like seven or eight veterans, literal veterans, not necessarily amazing players, just to be like, God, we need people in here that know what's up. Like, not because the Royals were, they were terrible last year. Not because the, not because yeah. the Royals players are terrible, right. but only because like, they don't know. They were missing they just have big no chunks idea. and they didn't have, yeah, they didn't have that knowledge. And it's coming down on runners in scoring position. It, right. It, yeah. run, it runs mistakes. down to the small things. Yeah. It runs down to... But the average age yeah. of our of our average bat last year was 26, probably. Yeah. Like, and the average age of our starting pitcher last year was 28. Pro- yeah. You know, like... Be- that's because Jordan Lyles is 34 and years that's, old. Yeah, <laughs> that's only because Jordan Lyles is fucking old as shit. Yeah. So, like... Like now you go out, you get Seth Lugo, you, who's thirty four. You go out and get Michael Walker, who's thirty two, I believe. Both yeah, have is. pitched in big markets. Well, I guess Walker came from Cardinals, but he's pitched in San Diego. He's pitched. Um, he pitched in San Diego. He pitched in Boston. I guess he, he pitched, pitched in Boston. Yeah. right. Yeah. So he's pitched in big markets. He's pitched in big markets. Um, yeah. Both have pitched in big markets. Both have pitched in in on teams that went to the postseason. And quite and quite possibly something that we're not really talking about because of the new stadium that the Royals potentially are going to get, but. They are going to a perfect park for their, uh, for what how they pitch too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And which is forever the thing that the Royals should have been saying to pitchers: be like, dude, you're not going to give up bombs here. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, like, and, and we've got like, you've got a great defense behind you right now. Yeah. You know, you've got a Gold Glove caliber shortstop, a Gold Glove caliber shirt, third baseman who can also move to short. Massey's very good at second. Massey's great at second. Prado's amazing. He was he won the Gold Glove in Prado's minor a leagues. Gold Glove caliber first baseman, and Vinny's borderline Gold borderline Glove fine. Too. Yeah, and and not to mention, they can't hit great. But Drew Waters and Kyle Isbell could both probably win a Gold Glove somewhere mm-hmm. in the outfield. Yeah. And left field, you throw shitty gloves out there anyways. So, God forbid, MJ could turn into a gold glove. And has, like, shit. 16 assists in yeah, the season. Like, yeah, he's got a crazy arm. Like, I, like, you're going to 
you're you're coming to a team with young players that are willing to sell out for you to keep your stats clean, your stat sheet clean, and you're gonna do it in a ballpark that's like the third biggest by square mm-hmm. foot in the country. Yeah, I agree with you. So those are the top three. We Singer is the last one. We probably won't talk about Brady Singer a lot because we kind of know we've had him. Yeah. We yeah, we know how he rolls, and we know how like you said, like we said earlier, rather is that. He once people get on base, he kind of freaks out. But maybe if he if he sees himself, you know, as like the four starter, he doesn't right. have to go out there and be the ace, man. Because his yeah. first couple years, he did have to be. You could even and kick that around. Sucked, you know. So yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's going to be really good for all the young guys everywhere to be like, right? Yeah, sweet. We don't have to Sick. do everything. Yeah, I get to I get to pitch against these dudes on their third day in town. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. I like I think I genuinely think it's possible they'll start investigating a starter, maybe or opener for Brady Singer too. Um, I don't love the concept of it, but I just kind of thought of it. Um, if we don't get rid of him, Jordan Lyles opening up for for Singer, you can't keep him out there for longer than an inning. You can't. He's not a two inning opener, you know. But mm. like. Maybe just once or twice, you give it a shot, you know? That way you get Brady Singer to the sixth or seventh before he kind of has that I'm letting people on base and having my breakdown moment. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe it's stupid, but it will be interesting to see with Brady Singer falling back in the rotation what they maybe try to do to get him back on track yeah. and kind of fix some of those some of those issues competing deeper into games. Yeah, and I think that, like you said, the bullpen will help that. I think that, especially the the veterans that they added to the bullpen, I think that adding the starters that they did to the uh, to the rotation will help that. Um, so now we look into we look at Brady Singer as the fourth starter, and then you kind of shrug your shoulders a little bit when you get to five, yeah. which is kind of the only thing if you if you want to put one burden on this team. That would probably be it, but they do have a lot of pieces that could fit into that into that role, yeah. and not even to mention that one that you want to ha- want to see happen. I think a lot of people want to see happen, at least until Chris Bubich gets back, is see the Royals sign Zach Greinke again. I'd and then if you, Grinke, if you yeah. have Zach Greinke pitch five, then you're like, oh my god, a Hall of Famer is your fifth starter. Awesome, awesome, like, cool. That yeah. works I, I just, so in my, well. In my mind, what it comes down to is you've got a dude that's like twenty strikeouts away from. Yeah. From getting to three thousand Ks, yeah. and he, you've got a genuine shot at getting him in as a royal if he does it on your team because you drafted him, you developed him, you. I mean, he came up with you. He played the first what six years of his career with you. Yeah, he came back to you after everything was said and done, knowing that your teams were going to be bad. Like he's shown a decent dedication to this team in the city to at least do what he needs to do, you know, in respect in respect to what the team did for him. At the start of his career. Yeah. Um, and maybe he doesn't want to come back. Maybe that's why we haven't heard anything about it. But uh, Potentially, yeah, you're right. Um, I, I like genuinely I like let him be that fifth guy. If he works out, he works out, and then you just you you don't give Bubich or Lynch a chance until next year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't, then you put him in the bullpen. And he's a decent bullpen piece for you, probably, if he wants to. If he doesn't, then fuck. Let him just sit the rest of the season. Yeah. Pay him to sit. And once he gets to three thousand strikeouts, who the fuck cares? That's what then literally that's what that's what I've been saying is like Bubich. They literally just moved Bubich to the 60 day, 60 day injured list, which means he's gone until at least June. June. Yeah. Like at least. So and he'll have to rehab for a month. So. To, yeah. 
seriously. July will be when he comes back. Exactly. And the second half. And especially someone like Chris Bubich, like we said last year, like it was the best we had ever seen Chris Bubich. And yeah. we are two crazy psychomaniacs that yeah. watch this team all the time. Yeah. And I've seen Bubich look like shit. Yeah, he's and he looked and good he's for consist- like two or three and he's starts consistently where he got hurt. looked like great or terrible, yeah. great, terrible, yeah. and Up he and had down. five starts and he was really solid. It was last the year. most consistent he's probably been as a role. Which honestly, if you want to be this way, I think he's the perfect five starter for this team. Probably he's Jason Vargas, dude. That's what it is. I'm being dead serious. You do realize what the Royals are doing, right? Jason Vargas is Chris Bubich. Uh, Jeremy Guthrie is. Uh, Jeremy Guthrie is uh, is Seth Lugo. You have like young a young gun that actually belongs to the system, and then you got a you have a lefty Danny Duffy that like Cole Reagans that yeah, actually that can, shove. Can, that can yeah. shove. And sure, like Danny didn't reach his full potential with the Royals, but like for a couple years he looked like he did. for a year he looked yeah. good. Uh, but he didn't reach that full like stardom that he was expected. You know, so um, it looks like they're really trying to echo what they did before and yeah you can't fault them for that because you know it fucking worked and if you want to think about it the whole reason why people think about the bullpen so so effortlessly is because of the royals like yeah that's why they started people started building their bullpens right after the royals made it a five inning game dude like yeah, that was a royal thing yeah literally a royal you get thing. to the seventh and you're gonna have to see in a big game you're gonna have to see the guys mm-hmm. and <laughs> like you're good luck shit out of luck if you do you got hot shaver ryan madsen and then kelvin herrera and wade davis yeah and then when greg holland was in when was he showed the fuck up yeah <laughs> it was like jesus christ <laughs> my pitcher only needs to go four innings now <laughs> yeah 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 i i like i I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not willing to go as far as to say the Royals are rebuilding that. You yeah, know? for sure. But yeah. I think that there is something to be said about them taking – they saw how bad this, the rotation was last year. And yeah. they realized that the young bats weren't getting a lot of chance to develop because they weren't putting in high-pressure situations every single game because their pitchers couldn't fucking give them – Yeah, they, had to, they them, had to score 10 runs a game. Right, yeah. And here's the thing. When they were winning – They did a couple they did. times. <laughs> they were doing it for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so like I, like, I think – you give your bats a, a chance to see the the uh, the starting pitcher for the second time yeah. and not be down by three or four runs, and you're gonna start seeing some of these bats develop. You know, yeah. like like Nick Prado, for example, especially a guy like him who's super patient at the plate. Like you give him a chance to actually be patient at the plate instead of trying to like change his approach mid game because the team needs a hit because a walk doesn't do anything for them. You know what I mean, like. Nick Prado going up to the plate with a guy on second and one out and you're down by a run or tied or even mm-hmm. up by a run is going to be able to be a lot more successful than Nick Prado with a guy on second, one out, and you're down by four because Nick Prado isn't going to be able to draw a lot of extra pitches and find the pitch that he likes because he's going to be pressing to do what the team needs, which is hit a home run or get a, you know, score that run from second. Yeah. Instead of just moving them around or getting on base. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this fifth starter for a second. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like a lot of, we were talking Chris Bubich. We we're saying maybe the potential of bringing back Zach Greinke. Uh, we talked about Jordan Lyles, which is honestly probably the most likely option as of right now. Yeah. But, um, so it looks like Jordan Lyles will probably take that, but who, who knows? I, do we say Daniel Lynch? Yeah, Daniel Lynch is yeah. definitely Daniel Lynch he, is definitely part of he's it. He's probably your most realistic option outside of Jordan Lyles right now. He just to start in my, the season. In my opinion, I really think that Daniel Lynch needs to be 
effortlessly amazing in spring to make to win that job. Yeah. Well, like, I, I don't know because we know Jordan Lyles is good. We know Jordan Lyles isn't good. So it's I don't I wouldn't say he needs to come out and and throw twenty innings in spring training and give up no runs. Yeah. But like I I think I he needs I mean he needs to come out of it you know with like less than two home runs and you know like a two ERA you know like I. I I don't know what that what that looks like with the limited amount of innings a guy mm-hmm. is gonna get, um, but I'd like to see him go out at least once in spring training and throw like I, five innings. Yes, and I not give up a hit mm-hmm. or not give up a run. I mean, and like maybe strike out like six or seven guys. Yeah, because Daniel Lynch isn't gonna be successful unless he can strike guys out. That's bottom line. That's the type of pitcher he is. Yeah, I I would agree with you. This is the only thing that I would say about Jordan Lyles that is any type of goodness that I'll ever say about him. The only times he's had he's he has been good. Is when he has been like the last option ever, and when I say good, I mean like four ERA. So like not anything great, but the only time he has been at the peak of his career is when he's been on the Orioles and he had to be a sh- shithole five, and yeah. when he was on the Rangers and he had to barely make the team. Like that's that's how he, maybe he him. just works better when I'm he's all for him trying to bounce back dead, he, yeah he can be the five if he's got a four era you can be, compete with that even yeah especially with how many innings he supposedly soaks up yeah even though he gets knocked out of the game in the fifth inning because um, he gives up bombs yeah, upon bombs sucks. um i don't know you and i were there one game last year to watch him in person throw like six innings of like one hit ball yeah we were, and that was yeah. crazy as fuck first like, and like, then they lost the on? game and they somehow. lost the game because it was against the tigers and yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I I'm not gonna sit here and say Jordan Lyles should be the five starter next year. Um, I'd much rather they go out and sign Zach Greinke for cheap or give it to Daniel Lynch, even if he doesn't have a great spring. I'd much rather watch Daniel Lynch flounder out on the out. mound yeah. than Jordan Lyles just kind of throw BP to the other teams. Yeah. So. And I and I feel like we really yeah yeah Daniel Lynch. I feel like that was the whole thing. I mean, they said at the beginning. Shit, I'd rather of the, than they fast said, track Matt Sauer. Yeah, get fucking Jordan Lyles the ball. <laughs> hey man, as the fifth starter, man. You're not wrong. I think that what this is what they said at the beginning of the offseason as well is that they feel like they got really hurt at the beginning of the, of last year. That's their own fault. They didn't get enough depth. They literally signed nobody. But, uh, but they were like, we didn't have enough depth last year. So this year we feel like we're a lot better depth wise. And you know what? I feel way way more confident about it as well because, like we said, like the fifth starter job can go to probably about four or five people. Like, and it's just kind of like let's figure it out. But you know, that's really good. I feel like it's really really smart as an organization to to create camp battles. It's such such a good thing. Like some people might see it as a bad thing based upon like, oh well, it's this veteran and he's going to take away time from a young guy. But it's like no, that the whole, that's the whole point. The whole point is that the young guy proves that he can be better or is better than this person. So I don't think it's any problem that they were able to have a position battle for the five start when they get when they got into camp. Right. I I, I feel like it it is nothing but beneficial to create camp battles. And oh, yeah. I seriously had been I've even said this. I feel like on the on the podcast before. I'm just like if I can bring somebody into to kick their ass around. Like it doesn't even matter. Like somebody to just put pressure on them to like get shit done. And yeah, I like, think that trade for a young trade for a young prospect that like, I mean, like it doesn't have, I'm not saying throw away a trade just because yeah. you want to go to young prospect to, but like go get a guy, like 
fuck it. Go get a dude if that's like a triple th- A second baseman mm-hmm. that like, you know, at the very least, like the ceiling's not high, but the floor is established and he's performing at it, you know, yeah. like force Michael Massey to decide whether or not he can be a 15 bomb guy. That's what they did. And yeah, I mean, you know, that's what they're doing this year. Adam Frazier. That's what they're doing this year with yeah. Adam Frazier and Garrett Sampson. So, yeah. or Hampson. Sampson. Yeah. I will probably call him that a lot yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's nothing wrong with having somebody in there. You're right. I could even also see this is very this is probably less likely of the options because they probably like Daniel Lynch, but uh, I could also see them trading Daniel Lynch for a restart on a yeah, prospect. I, I think. Yeah, I think if he like, gets if he gets like July and he really is not panned it out, I think yeah. I I could see another team valuing his his what he brings to the table. Yeah, I could see the Royals trading for like a, a single A 21 year old. Yeah, for and, him and that the team that gets him is gonna be like all right. He's made it up here, and he's got a decent fastball, and he's a lefty. So fuck, like let's yeah, we'll see. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I I really like what the, this might not sound like we uh, we believe in the Royals, but I don't say I, I'm not gonna say I would. I do, but yeah, I they've at least proven that they care enough. That's what we can say. Yeah, and and part of part of me wonders how much of that is the stadium shit, but. Like I, I do wonder. I do. Part of me does wonder this year if this team is capable of eighty-five wins, or maybe a, a couple more. You yeah. know, like, like does this team have it in them to compete for a central? I think if they're in any other division in the entire league, that wouldn't be a conversation. But I mean, the Twins went to the world, the 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 uh, postseason with eighty-nine wins last year. Did they hit ninety? The who hit the twins? Who won the division last year? No, they hit like eighty-eight wins. Yeah, so like seven wins. So like, if if yeah. I mean, do do I think the Royals can win ninety plus? No, but do I think that this team, if everything starts to work out for them, can hit eighty-five to ninety yeah. somewhere in there? Yeah, I do. Potentially, I, I do. Like you're t- like I think you got a couple position players that could really turn it around. Mm-hmm. You got I mean you got two guys in left field that showed signs last year of being legit dudes. And if even one of them figures it out and makes that a consistent performance, a consistent production, your left field's figured out. You know, mm-hmm. you got Hunter Renfro, who looks to probably, I, I genuinely, I'm super high on. I think he could return for, to form in Kaufman. I I think um, he can too. Not to I mention, really not to mention, if Michael Garcia turns the turns the switch, flips the switch, and and figures out how to hit for a little bit more power, then. He's a legitimate player in the infield. If Vinny Pasatino can stay healthy the whole season, mm-hmm. that's a legitimate bat in, at first base. If you Nelson, know? if you, if Nelson Velasquez looks like he's able to really make the stride and hit two fifty, if Barry like, Bonds returns, fuck man, you're yeah. set. Yeah, you're good. Could Dude. you? Well, like dead serious. If this team ends up being good, I think you have to really, really look at uh, Cole Reagans and Nelson Velasquez. Like those, if because. If the team is good, those two are awesome. I I think and yeah. Like if like, those two are awesome, you have to point back and be like, the wow, team they could be really good without them. both of them performing. Yeah. But I think part of your two two players that I think had the best chance of boosting this team's overall production on the season with their production, oh it's Cole Reagans and Nelson Velasquez. Yeah. I think like MJ Melendez and Michael Massey could both be those guys too. And if Michael and if Michael, like you said, turns a corner, I mean, I'm a huge Michael fan. I think, yeah. I think Michael can turn the corner and hit 15 bombs this year. And if I, he does, if he does that, then then you can start talking about okay, let's see what we can do. My thing with Michael is if he's gonna hit 15 bombs, he's got to still hit 280. Yeah, because he's not gonna hit. I, I think because we want him to hit 300. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's 
15 bombs still isn't really enough to boost that OPS up to where I'd like it if he's not hitting like 280 plus. You know, I'd love for him to turn but into like a th- a 320 hitter. If he could hit and 300 like hit with 15, 15 bombs, bombs, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm locked <laughs> yeah, in. No. I'd love it much better Oof. at second base, but he's fine anywhere in the infield. I don't care. That's cool. Yeah, but. I well, I legitimately think that it is possible that Michael does move to second at some point. And you've said he, that. I think it's. I don't think it's just possible. I think it's probably realistic. Yeah. I, I think, especially with some of the third base prospects we have in the system, I mean, yeah. gonna be, a lot of those guys are going to be knocking on the door in the next couple of years. Yeah, and Caden Cade Wallace is good. He's going to start at double A, and he'll be in triple A by June, I think, this yeah. year. Like, I genuinely don't think he's going to spend that much. I think double A is going to be a launching off point for him. Yeah, I, I really – yeah, I truly think that he's – because his his glove his glove is way better than people talk about too. It's it's his, really his underrated. Arms his really arms underrated. People but. actually, uh, when you look, go and look at the prospect grades, his glove isn't rated very high. But he's capable of making those plays over at third. The biggest issue with him is that he's maintained similar numbers his entire minor league career. Like he hasn't yeah. he hasn't really done anything to progress. Hasn't got but like the numbers th- haven't gotten worse as he goes up. Yeah, you know. So it's in, it'll be interesting to see. When he makes that full, because he didn't play a full season at Double A last year, he only played mm. a couple games. It'll be interesting to see a guy like him can play at Double A, either improve those numbers or maintain them enough to go up to third Triple A and see what keeps happening to those numbers as it goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like he's trying to make improvements to his launch angles a bit, uh, which has been messing with his strikeout numbers a tiny bit. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that going into next year. That's a guy to watch. Um, but he won't be up till 2025, so we shouldn't talk too much about him. Yeah, pro- probably not. Uh, but you know, it's good to keep a keep an eye out. Uh, keep an eye out in the system. Uh, we should probably transition to talking about the Chiefs. That's that's kind of our preview for the Royals. Yeah, and if we and we'll talk more about them with spring training. On of course, yeah. Starting next week is probably going to be almost all Royals talk. So we'll probably get more into predictions and blah 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 and stuff like that when we get into what the season looks like. Uh, I this is a shameless plug for both of us. Uh, but Go check out Jackson's articles on uh, Farm to Fountains. Go check out my articles on Farm to Fountains. Uh, go check out Farm to Fountains in general. And I think it's literally turning yeah. into a really, I think, solid site. I source. I think it's up to about 500 followers on Twitter. We've got a yeah. legitimate group of, of writers um, and dudes that have followed the Royals for long enough to have decent connections into mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think it's about to blow up over there. So yeah. uh it's go a check cool it out. Site. Go check it out. Yeah, and follow us on Instagram too, um, and Twitter, and Facebook. Drop the ball, PC. Drop the ball, PC. Uh, but yeah, so we'll uh, we'll transition to the Chiefs. So this is we weren't going to talk about the Chiefs this week, but Stuff they happened. forced they forced us to talk Stuff about happened. them. So we we'll just we'll break it down. Um, basically, news has come out that the Chiefs really want to want to keep Legarius Sneed and uh, and Chris Jones. Of course, of course, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, the the Chiefs announced today that they placed the franchise tag on Legarius Sneed. Uh, I think this franchise tag was yesterday. No, this morning was officially they oh, officially they, they placed oh, okay, it. Okay, 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 okay. So uh, as of Tuesday, the twenty eighth, they have put the franchise tag on him, and then we found out about twelve about one o'clock that they have told Legarius Sneed to go ex- go look Wednesday, at other offers. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I uh, we'll pa- see. I I wonder. I wonder how again how much of that is goodwill. Um, mm-hmm. the way it, it doesn't sound good. I think, like the w- when you say we are, quote, you know, letting. There's a difference between letting them talk to other teams and, um, 
allowing him to request for a trade. Yeah. Uh, that like I don't. He know. did not request a trade. That's, no. Yeah, but they have give. They have publicly said that they will allow him to if he wants. Yeah. Which worries me a little bit. They've had internal talks, um, about uh, what he wants that number to be. Uh, that being said, I know that. Uh, it, it seems like the team didn't talk to his camp or Chris Jones's camp before placing the franchise tag on Snead. So I think that that might have been – that points towards it being more of a goodwill move than a legitimate move Yeah. by them if they're doing that before talking to his camp at all. Um, I think that's just them going, look, we don't want you to get mad at us. We would love to keep you, and but we also know that you're going to do what's best for you. So we are going to franchise tag you this year, but we do want – we do want to give you open ability to go talk to other people so you don't get pissed off at us if nothing works out and you have to play with us, you know? Basically, I think they're doing everything in their power to keep the Chris Jones saga from happening again. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, we're not drafting a cornerback with the first-round pick this year. <sighs> yeah. But yeah. Um, it, I, think, I think what that does tell you is that they, because of timing and because of um, the player they are valuing getting a Chris Jones deal first. I think so, and, and I, I, that doesn't mean that Legereus couldn't get one before yeah. the season. The next season starts. It just means that they're going to franchise tag him bef- until they get a Chris Jones well, do- deal done. Yeah, and here's the only problem with that is that you have a certain amount of time to come to an agreement. So, like, if you tag him, you can't just come to a, come to a contract right. extension right. in the middle of the season. That's not possible. Well, I mean, so, they could they could talk. They can't finalize. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but if you can't finalize, why talk? And that would be the whole... Get the number set. Yeah, but... Stone, gentleman's agreement. I don't know. I, I, but at that point, it's it's I lawyers mean, they and agreed, shit. They so. agreed to Chris Jones to a, a deal for this year, to, to last season. On yeah. a, it wasn't an extension, but they agreed to a deal, you know? so Yeah, and, and so maybe they maybe they, what they do is they go, hey, do you want... can we By locking this number into place, can we sign you to a little bit more money this year with some of the extra funds we have as kind of like a goodwill, like... You're playing higher than the franchise tag, and we're we're giving you the money later on. Maybe I I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. For me, for I, me the, so yeah. This, yeah. this is the only thing that I that I'll say about the luxurious Snead thing, and I will also come with what you could potentially get for him if you're looking for a trade right, off op- right. trade offers slash who the royal who the Royals who the Chiefs would potentially want to trade with because you're not going to want to trade luxurious Snead to the Bills right. or like the Ravens or something right. like yeah. you're not going to trade He's, him there. Yeah. Apparently the Falcons have been interested, which is I I think probably a more realistic option. Yeah. Um. But if you're looking for uh, if you're the Chiefs and you're looking for a partner, or even if you're Legarius Sneed, Legarius is going to want to go somewhere where he can win, of course. And so like he will be controlling a lot of those talks. Yeah. But so like he potentially could go to an AFC contender, but he will probably they that contender will probably have to pay way more to the Chiefs than an NFC oh, yeah. NFC team will. Yeah. yeah. Um, into the 49ers. So it, uh, who knows? <laughs> it sh- so I think he's either going to get a late first round pick only like that's it. Yeah. Or he'll get like an early second and a fourth. Yeah. And like that's, m- or like a third in a player like or a, like a, like a mid-level player or a second at a player yeah. like that. That's possible as well. The only issue with that is I think that draft picks will totally be the thing that they, they, decide upon so it'll probably be picks no matter they what they trust their ability to draft and so that's why they're gonna take yeah, picks. And that, yeah yeah like it's it people aren't gonna love it but i mean people didn't love it when they only got picks for yeah. tyree kills so. and i think that i think if you get picks if you get a pick for legerius sneed it also 
gives you the opportunity to gamble that or gamble your right. first round pick right. and be like, let's trade up. Yeah. Let's trade yeah. up. We have two first round picks. 21 or fine. 22. Let's use both of them to get up to the 15th pick, you know, like shit. If you really like someone. Yeah. yeah. If you, because uh, here's the thing. I don't Actually, know. you got two first round picks in the same year. You could probably get into the top 10. Um, if you really want it. It depends on because you you wouldn't necessarily want to give up both of those picks. I don't think. I think you Probably would want to give not, up that but that pick and maybe the pick, pick next year or something like that. Getting a top ten pick. Yeah, it depends. Uh, I could see the Chiefs, and now we'll talk about this way later. Of course, I could see the Chiefs trading up for tackle. I like it's a huge tackle class. I could yeah. see the Chiefs to hell trading up for tackle. Like, uh, yeah, it left tackles everywhere. So Legarius Sneed. Let, so that's that's the first thing. Legarius Sneed could talk from other teams. Here's the thing. By the time we talk with each other next week, he might be on a different team. Yeah, we, so, we, might, we might know what's going on. Yeah, we'll see. Next episode. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's going on. It's but one of those things that we probably won't talk about a lot until something happens. Because yeah, exactly. there's only so much speculating you can do Yeah. without being in the room. Without Yeah, without doing that. And then the second big news that came out today was that Marquez Valdez-Scantling was released. released. <laughs> which, I can't say that I'm surprised, but I, I can't I, we've say talked that about I'm... It. We've talked about it. I th- I thought he yeah. maybe saved himself with his postseason performance, but at the end of the day, <laughs> they saved twelve million dollars in cap space this yeah, year man. by cutting him, um, and he didn't really do or say the right things this year when he was struggling. You know, like and I think that was really what killed him. Yeah, like I mean, he he refused to take, I, and I don't want to badmouth him too much. We don't. I don't think we win the Super Bowl without him last year, but. Um, or the year before, frankly. Mm-hmm. I think he was pretty instrumental in both postseasons. Yeah. That being said, there was multiple instances where he was in the middle of kind of one of the, the, the prime, you know, dropping kind of part of his season. And he was like, yeah, I don't see was, the problem. It's not my fault. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, this is something I'm not playing bad. You know, like it's accountability. Yeah, and no. it's like, dude, like all we're asking for you to say is like, I'll try to be better. Literally, everybody. You literally, don't even have to apologize. Yeah. Just say. I'm trying to get better. Yeah. That's all you needed to say when the mic was in your face. Yeah. And, and it, you didn't. And I think that it's, it's, you know, Patrick Mahomes and like literally Pat after he, after his own players dropped the ball, no pun intended, were like, he was taking credit. Were, literally was, was taking, like, yeah, yeah, I could have thrown it better. Yeah. I could have thrown it better. That's and, my fault. And, and, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Pat went to brass and was like, look, dude, I gave him chances. I kept passing to him even when he couldn't catch the ball. And I took the blame for the, him not catching those passes. <laughs> and he still didn't make, get better, and he never took accountability. Yeah, I don't want him as a teammate. <laughs> and he might not. Pat might have been not, but I'm the only one. Like I, I don't. I genuinely think there's a very strong possibility this was a player and coaches and front office move here. Yeah, yeah who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And like Marquez was great. Was was great, allegedly allegedly in the clubhouse while he was there. So I, I mean, who knows? Who knows I, what's yeah, going to happen? I but like the signing when it happened, I'd do it again. But I think yeah. it's also the right move to cut him probably before his last year. Yeah, and I think uh, I think they'll be better. I think if they can sign someone else with that twelve million dollars, that yeah. Uh, yeah, that can help them. That could go towards another wide receiver or towards yeah. Chris Jones. Yeah, towards Chris Jones. Or I uh, need. I mean, truly, truly, that's that's the biggest thing. Um, do you want to talk about the stadium for like half a second? The the yeah, Chiefs sure. the Chiefs announced the new. Basically, the Chiefs announced what their plan would the be with Kaufman whenever. Well, yeah. not with Kaufman, because when destroying you, Kaufman. When you vote, yeah, when you vote yes on the on the ballot measure, you are voting for two billion dollars in taxpayer money to the Royals and a billion dollars in taxpayer money to the Chiefs. I think it's is it two billion to the Royals? I yes. Or is it a billion to the it's Royals? Two billion, billion to the Royals, the a billion to the Chiefs, and that extra billion that would have gone because it was four billion total. 
but a billion of that for the baseball village is coming from him Royals privately. Yeah. Um, so it's a billion. I'm pretty sure that's, that was the breakup of it. Uh, so the chiefs announced what their renovations would be. Yeah. Um, if the, me- the, the ballot measure in April passes and, and it includes like, it includes upgrading the seating in the, in the end zones. It's which would be like field really level expensive suites. field level suites. Yeah. Updating the video boards, uh, tearing down Kaufman and also creating a, uh, like a stage, a little, like and, pavilion area. A, but it's not a pavilion area. It's literally just a stage yeah. and a football field. Yeah. That's all it is. It's and hopefully it would be better than parking. that. And then more parking, which is you it, and I were talking about this before and say what you were saying, which is, it seems kind of like it's, it's, it's kind of uh, anticlimactic, uh, underwhelming, you know, like I, I thought with a billion dollars of renovations, they'd be able to kind of beef up the fan, the average fan experience uh, quite a bit, you know, like a billion dollars is a lot of money, man. Like that's, yeah. that's like, you could, you could build, you could afford to build probably half of a new Arrowhead stadium with that money, you know, like, and you're not doing anything except for tear. I mean, half of that billion is probably just going to go towards tearing down Kaufman. And that's the frustration I think that I have, you know? Yeah. Um, Mark Donovan in an interview said that part of the, uh, in, in response to, to people kind of frustrated that they aren't building some sort of kind of like business park next to the stadium. Yeah. With all that extra space now, like hotels, restaurants, whatever. Uh, Mark Donovan's response was that um, the area... The president of the Chiefs, Mark Donovan. The president of the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, Basically the operational president. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I just wanted to make sure that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mention, he he said that, you know, it may sound harsh, but um, that area is not worth developing. He said it's not not worth developing... It was the quote. There was, there was a double negative in the quote, but the, but then he it, followed up with, "It seems harsh. It, it sounds harsh." harsh. Yeah. But like, so it makes me think that there was a misquote. Whatever. The the gist of it was. It also it could is have not been worth developing. It also could have been nervous. It's not not yeah. worth developing. Yeah, yeah. And the, that the might gist, be hard to the hear. The gist, regardless, yeah. was it's not worth developing. That is what the Chiefs believe. And my response to that is, you're telling a large portion of your voters that where they live is too much of a shithole for them to put money into. <laughs> yeah. Um, and those people that you are requiring to vote yes to get the money in the first place. Yeah. Um, my second thing to that would be, it's not your money. Stop being fucking stingy with it. You know? If it was your billion dollars, do whatever you want with it. Fine. Get a bigger Jumbotron for fun and give rich people a chance to sit closer to the field. Whatever. Yeah. It's a billion dollars of taxpayer money. And those taxpayers are a majority, not the rich people that can afford the field level seating. And it just seems it just seems a lot of the renovations are catering to ownership client a higher clientele or a richer market. Like I didn't which is not what the city of rate what the city of Kansas City is. Yeah. And I think that that is what a lot of people are having a problem with. You are you you are surrounded by a market of working class blue collar individuals and you're not catering to them. Yeah. With the money that they are providing you if they vote yes on that ballot measure. Yeah. My final point would be that um, coincidentally, the NFL Players Association grades came out this year today Mm -hmm. um, around the same time as the Chiefs final plans for renovations. Yeah. Um, And. Players overwhelmingly voted the Chiefs at the very bottom of the league as willing to invest in, their in team. as willing to invest in their team and near the bottom in basically any category relating to 
um, player facilities, yeah. nutritional facilities, and sports med facilities. Which, by the way, that might be a part of this thing. It was not released to us. That's where I'm going. But I have next. no idea. That's where I'm going next. People have put out extensive lists of what is going to be renovated, mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't put. Maybe the, the, the player Chiefs, side. Maybe, maybe the Chiefs yeah. haven't been public with the player side because it doesn't affect the public. Uh-huh. However, it's a bad look to be putting a billion dollars into an experience that only benefits the upper echelon of fans and ownership, mm-hmm. um, but not being public about how that might affect the on-field product as well. Yeah, it's clear it's not going to affect or benefit people like us and yeah but it but if it's not gonna affect us it might as well affect and benefit the motherfuckers that are getting you the money in the first place yeah um i have pretty strong opinions on this and so i won't rant for too long um and i won't even mention which way i'm gonna vote even though i'm sure you could probably tell and that might change as more opinions come out um but i can kind of summarize it with um summarize my opinion with a statement that frank white actually just put out I saw it um, a couple minutes ago, basically saying that bottom line is that this measure should not be on the ballot for this year. And the, the matter of fact is that the both teams have not seemed to have put the amount of thought that needs to be put into these proposals for this measure to be put out right now. Um, I They're think trying it, to capitalize on yeah. people being like, okay, yeah. I think the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, neither of these proposals have given fans enough time to truly think about what this what this means for their communities and what they should vote, which way they should vote, and they haven't been they've been they've been rushed to the point where um, they don't seem super thought out with either how they're going to get done or how they're going to affect the environment the environment and economy around them, uh, and I think that's where I'm at. I'm not against voting f- for this measure mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, I just don't see how this benefits a person like me who just happens to live in Jackson County. Yeah. Um, when I take away the aspect of being a fan of these teams and we have to understand that there's a lot of residents of Jackson County who don't care about these teams. Yeah. So it needs to benefit them as well. And I think that, and this is my, this personally is my opinion when it comes to this is you're talking about making huge, huge changes to Arrowhead when the owner's dream was to, is to host a Super Bowl, yeah, and all of the renovations that you're having that you're talking about will not help that vision at all. Yep, yeah, and, and like Clark Hunt because did Clark Hunt, too. Clark Hunt literally said his dream is to host the Super Bowl in Kansas City. Yeah, so and if that's his dream, then tear down tear down Kaufman and build a dome over it and they asked him about that too he's actually made a statement about that as well um, and he said basically uh, the NFL has proven that this is not something that is going to stop them from their Super Bowl considerations New York hosted one in 2014 and they were boosted by good weather that week but um, it's not impossible to host a Super Bowl a decade ago right but it's like that it's been was a decade, decade since that was it's a decade been ago and um, I, I don't know much about their stadium but I'm pretty sure it was MetLife was pretty new at that point when they hosted. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, that's part of, I think, again, what comes down to this feeling rushed, this feeling forced. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't know. 
I don't know what they're what they're where their where their heads are at. Yeah. I don't I don't know why half of the changes that they want to make are needing to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is because they are rushing these proposals. They aren't getting the information out to the public in doing so, and um, they aren't able to give us information about why they need feel like they need to do what they need to do. Yeah, and it's just frustrating. And I don't, as much as I would love to see the Royals get a new stadium, brand new state of the art facilities, and I'd love for the Chiefs to, you know, be able to do some cool stuff. They aren't doing what the fans want, and the fan, and then they're going and asking the fans to fund it. And it's as simple as that. Yeah, we didn't even get to, we didn't even get into the Royals side of it. We just got into the Chiefs side of it, and I think that I mean a lot, a lot more discussions will happen throughout the whole, throughout the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't know what's going to happen um i also don't know what's going to happen if the vote is overwhelmingly no you know like if the if the vote's overwhelmingly no then then what what's going to happen at that point i've seen people concerned they'll leave Um, kansas city and i'm not concerned in the slightest they'll leave kansas city i um i've seen the only realistic outcome i think that there is to this and them quote-unquote leaving is them leaving jackson county and to be completely frank with you i don't care (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, I we were talking to. I've lived in Kansas City my whole life, and I've counted Kansas on the in yeah. the Kansas City. Yeah, workings. like I okay. like I. The only people that I've talked to that it matters if they leave Jackson County are the people that are worried about them leaving the state. Well, and also um, I would just like to say of their elitism surrounding the state of Missouri. I would also Kansas. yes, and I would also like to say a lot of the people that are like they can't leave the state of the state of Missouri. What the hell would be ashamed to live in this? Would be ashamed to live in the same amount of zip code that the stadiums are in. Yeah. I think that the people that, uh, did that make sense? No, yeah. I think that people- They wouldn't live in Raytown. They would not live in Raytown. Yeah. The people that are like, they can't move it from Missouri, what the hell? Yeah. It's it's Missouri's team. Like, it's, I think- You would never actively live in where yeah, where yeah. the stadiums are. A you vast never majority of people that. that live in Raytown or even Lee Summit or in the surrounding areas, um, speaking from someone who currently does, mm-hmm. uh, don't care they don't care because odds are a state the royal stadium moving means that they're gonna have to drive farther regardless Mm -hmm. you know like right now if you live in raytown you are fucking five to ten minutes away from that stadium and that's great for you but if they move it anywhere doesn't matter if it's power and light doesn't matter if it's over the kansas side it's gonna be 25 minutes you know it's gonna be 20 25 minutes so they don't care they're not complaining and it doesn't matter to them as much, nearly as much, if it stays in Jackson County, because frankly, all that is is a status symbol. And people, the only people who care about status symbol are the people with status. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will gladly admit that Raytown doesn't have status, and that's part of I think the charm of it. <laughs> you know, like fuck. And why? And the only reason why fucking crazy motherfuckers were going out there in negative thirty degree weather, yeah, yeah exactly, for the Super Bowl, you want, for, yeah, the, yeah. for the Chiefs, you, yeah. You really want to alienate the motherfuckers that actually went out there? Because I promise you, as someone who went to almost every single home game this year and last year, as an employee, the only I wasn't allowed to sit because I didn't ha- because they didn't want to take seats away from ticket holders. Yeah, for sure. But I would go and sneak into empty seats. I'm outing myself here. I would go in and sneak into empty seats. That nobody was sitting in, and you want to know, you want to take a guess, a random guess, where there was always an empty seat for me to find. Upper deck? Nope, second level where all the rich people sit, because those that's that's all the season ticket holders who could sit inside at the nice warm bar, or if it got a little bit too cold, they just didn't come to the game. They would watch it at home, because they know what it's like to go to a game. Yeah, 
It's not a big deal for them. They go to all the home games. Yeah. So there was always a nice cushy yellow seat in the second level for me to go and sit in because those people do not go to every single game. Yeah. If I wanted to be in the lower bowl. They're the plushy fans. If I wanted to be in the lower bowl, no seats. Yeah. I could probably go up to the upper deck on like a very empty game, but why would I if the rich people that don't show up to every game aren't going to show up? Yeah. Not to mention the upper deck was always more full than the second level was consistently anyways. Yeah, I it's it's tough. It's a it's a tough discussion and we'll continue to have the discussions, but we can only really talk about that at the moment in time. Yeah. Um I'm going to check my phone for one second to make sure that Legarius Sneed hasn't been traded anywhere and then we can uh go into America's favorite segment drop the ball and uh, I think we're safe uh as in I haven't seen anything yet. As of this moment in time. Um I I do think that we had one hell of a week this week with uh, with the Royals. You know how it is. Spring training coming back just fuels my absolute insanity mm-hmm. for the Royals every time, every time. Uh, so 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 let us go into America's favorite segment. Drop the ball. Would you like to go first, or you want me to? I mean, I can. I don't. Know. I can't remember what yours is, but oh, I'll I'll, I'll go. I got. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying a fuck. I've been saying that there's like a fuck ton of different different ones that you could bring up. But uh, I personally am going to bring up Cam. Uh, if you haven't Cam Newton, if you haven't uh, heard, Cam Newton was jumped by a few guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple yeah. days ago, but hey, don't worry about Cam Newton because that motherfucker just ripped them all off. He's big as hell. Yeah. yeah. Which my drop the ball is on those dudes. Um, <laughs> fuck you doing trying to attack <laughs> an, an NFL dude. MVP yeah, dog? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Like yeah. this dude literally used to run over people and grown went, men. Yeah. yeah, grown people, and he would shove off people and run for thirty yards afterwards. Oh yeah, and those dudes were also like three times bigger than you. Yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with him. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. That's really stupid, and. Uh, the literal minute he got jumped, he went boom. Yeah. Boom, and then he went, boom. flipped one off, and then fought a couple at the same time. Three people <laughs> yeah. were on him at the same time, and he literally got off. Yeah. And then f- people were able to get to him right after that. But like, literally, one, what are you doing? Like, if you're gonna <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna jump somebody, at least jump somebody who's not a fucking athlete. Yeah, like you're an like, idiot. Yeah. Did you see RG3's tweet about it? No, I RG3 didn't. was like, this dude played behind a shitty O line in the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> and you think you're going to get him to the ground? <laughs> like, come on, dude. Yeah, fuck no. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, another drop the ball, and my honorable mention drop the ball, is Hunter Dozier taking the number 17 and oh, yeah, yeah. for the Angels mm-hmm. uh, from Shohei Otani. And his quote being, well, I'll see a lot of my jerseys out there. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, every every fifth game when you play. Yeah. Yeah, dog. Oh, God, Hunter Dozier. We'll see. He'll probably turn into a Hall of Famer. Every time you pinch hit in a blowout in the seventh inning. And hit a home bomb. And hit a, and hit a bomb, yeah. Get a lot of 17s jumping yeah. up and down in the stands. Yeah, man, you'll probably look at his, at his numbers be like damn he hit like 30 bombs and you'll see like oh he hit 30 bombs when they were down like seven to six or like <laughs> seven to when they were down close. like seven to nothing yeah Hunter oh. Dozier hits three home runs and the angels cool. lose 10 to three yeah exactly <laughs> it's like sweet yeah. okay i see Anyways. not to mention they won't even have his fucking name on the jersey it'll say it like it'll cool it'll say 17 that's like when i wear 16 to the fucking stadium and it's not, it's not a benintendi jersey it's a fucking bo jackson jersey okay yeah. i'm not like, fucking supporting benintendi yeah, that's fucking crazy. That's crazy. That's asinine. Anyway, that's my drop the ball. Don't fucking don't uh don't jump NFL players. 
maybe, kid. <laughs> maybe, maybe if some dude is massive as hell, you don't jump him. Just and also, could you imagine looking at fucking Cam Newton with the hair out the hat in the, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the hat and should be like, okay, I'm going for that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyway, don't drop the ball. Um, the, uh, the MLB has switched has, well Nike specifically switched switched manufacturer of jerseys and um other related um uh uniform stuff like the pants and socks and stuff to Fanatics instead of using Nike factories. Um for those who don't know Fanatics is um the is the kind of like clothing manufacturer slash um outlet for um a lot of the MLB and the NFL in terms of like um merchandise and like t-shirts and jerseys and stuff like that. Um however in recent years Nike has been the one that's pr- been producing the, the jerseys and stuff like that themselves. Um anything with a Nike brand on it. Yep. So in order to save money basically, they are paying uh fanatics. They're they're basically paying fanatics to uh, make the jerseys, produce the jerseys and all the mer- the other merchandise that would be Nike branded themselves. This looks bad. The uh, the jerseys don't look good. They look see through. They are um, see through. You can see well, their dick and well, balls. Okay, well, yeah, just go for it for me. Buddy. Sorry, um, my bad. Uh, no, you're you're good. Yeah, you can see dick and balls in the pants. <laughs> um, it's not good. Uh, like they. There's there's been photo shoots of players sitting down, and you can see outlines of their balls, like like like, de- like they're like you're an underwear commercial, like like full on moose knuckle, yeah. Of a dude sitting down on a damn bench. Um, there's a picture of some player like bent over stretching, and it, I think it's his cup, but it looks like you see a full outline of his whole meat and package just out there, just hanging out. Um, you can see players sliding shorts underneath their pants. <laughs> you can see the you can see their shirts. You can see the tails of their shirts through their pants. The lettering on the back of the jerseys is like ten times smaller and looks like you know like those shitty giveaways they'd give out in like the Blue Crew packages to like the twelve year olds. Yeah, you know, like it's just bad. It's just bad. They look bad. They look cheap. I mean, it feels like every single player is wearing a fake jersey that someone bought off the black market. Um, I will say that there was news that came out that the Royals actually um, noticed this early, and they were the only team that did apparently, and basically went to Fanatics and were like, no, give us the big letters and numbers back because that looks like shit. And it's awesome because literally uh, the what the article says or what the at least what was released is apparently it was not an option for anyone. Like literally it was not an option. The Royals were just the ones that were like, this is fucking we're stupid. We're not wearing these. Yeah. 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 And they were like, okay, sure. They played hard. Proving once and for all, if you fucking ask for something, they'll fucking give it to you. Now, here's the other thing about that, though. Dumb. Is how fucking bad are these manufacturers if they're willing to let one team look different than the rest of the teams in the league? <sighs> yeah, dude. You're willing to let... Like, it's a drastic difference. The back of the jerseys look drastically different. And you're telling me that if you're a manufacturer that's in charge of making uniforms... That you care so little about the the like um Ah uh, There you go. Can't get the word. Uh well I was 
fun fact, I always help Matt out when this happens to him, but he never yeah, helps me out because he's a right. friend. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I do um, suck at that. The uh, consistency. Boom. You care so little about the consistency. Quality control. Of your, the quality of your product. Yeah. That you're willing to let one look so much different and albeit better than the other 29 teams just because a team asked. Anyways, I, it's bad enough that I got to think Nike is going to come out and kind of shut this down and take a loss, take a hit on all of the jerseys that have already been made. And um, I don't know, sell them for cheap and sell like in, in high V's. Like, I, like, I don't know. Sell them for 20 bucks in high V. I like, yeah, the get rid of them. Use that I think you see for these jerseys. Well, and, I, when I'll, and also, yeah, it's just, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like they look like shit. Like the whole thing is like they're, you're supposed to look cool while you're, while yeah. like a jersey's like supposed to look are good. ironed on instead of sewn on. Yeah. Or like, like they're, they're flat iron. Like I'm sure they were already ironed on, but they don't have sub- substance to them. There's no substance to the jerseys. Yeah. It's, they, they look cheap. They feel cheap. Players have complained about them. Fans have complained about them. You can see fucking balls through the pants and when they're sitting down and stretching. And you know what? Could have just saved a fuck ton of money just by doing it right. But just doing it the same way you always did it. But no. Not to mention, they make the, the jerseys cost more now. It costs more to get a replica jersey now. And they look worse than they did last season. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, if you're a... Uh, if you're an up-and-coming sports organization and you're trying to figure out a way to boost uh, ticket sales, um, rated X player jerseys probably isn't the way to go. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, you know, lingerie football does exist, and I think the uh, the first word in that title is probably what draws most of the viewers. Um, I don't need lingerie baseball. I think I'm good. Yeah. Um, I don't need to see – I think I'm okay, too. I don't need to see Shohei Otani's nut pop out after he hits a 450-foot home run. Like I think I'm good. You sure, <laughs> dude. Some I, people, some, some people would pay might. out some the ass might. for that. There's a whole country that of of women that probably think he's the most handsome man in the world. Um, so maybe there is a market out there for that, but it's not me. Um, I'd rather them just keep the jerseys the same. Yeah, just keep the jerseys the same, please. Um, as long as they change it before I have kids, so I don't have to explain to my kid what what um testicles what's, are what's that daddy daddy what is bobby with you what is between bobby with junior's legs i don't need to explain that to my kids so yeah yeah exactly. fix it sooner rather than later at the very least within the next 10 years so when i have kids at 35 <laughs> but the memes the memes have been funny the memes have been like, great just like the memes have been me great. looking at Vinny's fat hog <laughs> <laughs> from first base is is hilarious me sitting <laughs> in the outfield plaza with binoculars <laughs> looking at looking at michael garcia's big nuts <laughs> While he gets ready to, to field the ball. Yeah, like, yeah, oh my God. It, one of them is, uh, one of the ones that I saw too was like me about to dive from the, out, me in the Sonic Slam seats and a dude about to dive when he sees Bobby Wood Jr. bend over. <laughs> it's just like, holy shit, God damn it. Someone fainting into the into the fountains. Yeah, come on, y'all. Uh, jeez. Yeah, fix your shit, MLB. Let's not be cheap about things. I hate that shit, dog. I will say... Only only decent thing about the jerseys that I kind of like is that they did bring back um, elastic arm sleeves. They did. On jerseys. You are I do right. think that looks pretty clean. I'm not elastic arm sleeves look fucking great. I do mess with the you elastic right. arm sleeves. It brings you back to the 70s a bit. Um, everything else looks like shit, though, so fix that. Yeah. Good God. Great God Almighty. We're back. 
Jesus, we went th- we went for it this week. Yeah, it had been a while since we had talked about balls, so yeah. we knew it was going to be a long episode. When yeah, when we start talking about balls, Woo. game over. It goes. Anyway. We run. <laughs> Speaking of balls, uh, don't drop them next week. Uh, that was pretty cringy. Uh, <laughs> speaking of speaking of nuts, protect them. Yeah. Speaking know. of balls, if you play baseball, wear a cup. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If you if you are a major league baseball player, maybe wear an extra layer of sliding shorts so yeah. your nuts don't pop out. I know they're listening. So um, yeah, I know we've got a couple us. of big yeah. names. Um, but other than that, until next time, don't drop the ball. Uh,